Hey everyone, welcome. Thank you for being here with me, Brandy Joy, a voice to be reckoned with. Today we have Coach Christian. He is here to enlighten us um, and talk to us about mental health, which includes depression and stress. He will be talking to us from his own experiences and also giving us some very, very helpful views and tips on how to deal with these um, with our mental health issues and also educating others and possibly reaching out and to someone that probably didn't even really know this is what they have been going through. So we will return very shortly and Coach Christian will be here and so just relax and we'll be right back. All right, peace. So I'm here today with Coach Christian, and um, Coach Christian is here to to bring light um, to us with uh, about mental health. And I'm just going to go ahead and let him introduce himself to us right now before we go any deeper. So go ahead, Coach Christian. Hi, Brandy. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah. So as, as as you've just mentioned, my name is uh, Christian Mojaiso and I'm an extreme stress coach. This particularly means that I help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress. Uh, And I founded a company called Observe. um, And this company is specifically designed to help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress by observing it for themselves. This enables them to come up with a solution that's perfectly customized to fit their particular situation. Okay, all right, it's nice, thank you, thank you so much. Okay, so, uh, can, okay, so let me, can I ask you, um, how did you come about your field, like getting to what you're, you know, what you're into, how did you, did, did you always want to do that, or did you, or did you just experience it a lot yourself, and then you became interested? Well, so, basically, what happened was, the, the area I work in is human suffering, stress and human suffering, mental health. And the reason I have so much interest in human suffering is because I've suffered tremendously myself. Uh, now, I'm originally from the Congo, um, and I spent my entire life there until before going to college. So I went to college in the U.S., a place called uh, Claremont, California, a university called Harvey Mudd. And uh, going to that college was the first time I'd ever studied outside of the African continent. So, as you can imagine, that was uh, turned out to be a very difficult experience. Um, I mean, in Africa, 90% of the population is black. Almost everybody is black in Africa, right? There's a few non-black people. But uh, in the U.S., when I went to when I went to college. Uh, it was the first time I was in the minority. Um, And this this was one of the things that was just working on me. The second thing was that I went to a school that was very... The the school I went to was just one of these tech schools. Uh, And and it had really sharp students, very smart students, a STEM school, science, technology, mathematics sort of thing. Uh, And when I was there, I used to feel very stupid compared to others. And then, as if that's not enough, I also put the burden on myself. I felt like I was representing black people when I was there. So that 
when I succeeded, I felt like black people everywhere had succeeded. And when I failed, I felt like black people everywhere had failed. Right? So obviously this is not a good kind of pressure to put on yourself. And that's what I had put on myself. So my failures felt extremely painful. And after a while, my grades began to slip. Um, and in fact, I stopped going to classes. I just stay in my room and just uh, don't want, didn't want to live didn't want to leave the room, just stayed there all the time. Um, in fact, I wouldn't even leave the room to go to the dining hall uh, because, oh, no. I, right, because I felt, look, I felt somehow that people could see through me and see what a failure I am, see how mediocre I am, all that stuff. And basically, and I wasn't going to class because I felt that the professor might look at me and see just how stupid I am, how they made a mistake to admit me to a prestigious school like that one. So this stuff was just working on me. And after a while, I began to wonder, why the heck am I living? What am I doing here? It's, best, it's better not to be alive. And so at this point, I now went to Google and began to look for the most efficient ways to end things. Um, oh, no. Right. And the strategy, the strategy I came up with was the most viable option for me was to jump off of a tall building, right? So at, at, at Harvey Mudd, where I went, there was a building called the Shanahan Building. So I'd climbed to like the second or third floor of the building. It was really high because uh, I'd stand up there and think about just diving, right? Just dive and end things from there, right? But of course, I was too afraid of, of diving because I was like, look, what if I dive and don't die but become like a quadriplegic or just break everything? So that was one. Of yeah. the, right. That was one. Of, I, I, was, I was thinking maybe I could, I might multiply my problems by a million if I jump and fail to die. Right. So this yeah, was. Yeah. Well, you didn't. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying. Well, you didn't. You you didn't lose all your common sense. So you know you were. <laughs> yeah. Able to make that decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was getting there. It was one of the first times in my life I ever got to such uh, such a situation, and this particular experience. Uh, what it did was that it just put me at a very low place, right? Because it was like, look, life has no meaning. I was suffering deeply inside. And eventually I got kicked out of that college, had to transfer to another. But this is where my interest in human suffering started. And eventually I wanted to understand my own stress and suffering. And by extension, the stress and suffering of others. This is what led me to start the company Observe to help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress. Wow. Wow. And that's uh, I'm a little floored there. Okay. That's uh, that's an amazing. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing that, you know, with with many. You know, um, I'm pretty. That sounds like a, a dark a dark place, and to actually be at the point where you were there, not just mentally, you actually went to the place where you considered ending it all. And, uh, and you're still here today. So God is good. Yeah, um, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, you're still here, yeah. So I was just like, what? That's, a, that's a, a very powerful, powerful story you have there. Um, so I, as you were speaking and I, I was listening, I just, I just even assured me you know, on my quest as far as, you know, 
putting the pieces together of how and trying to get others to realize how <clears throat> things that occur or that go on with us in our lives can manifest, you know what I mean? And just like rip us apart or mentally to, to, to an extreme, that was a major stress, you know what I mean? That you were putting on your on yourself, you know? That's right. And it took you to that place. And that's a, that's a very scary, but serious and realistic place you were at. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Um, so the thing is, I mean, I, I don't like blame the school or anyone because when I look at it deeper, it, 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 it was not my external environment that made me feel this way. Right? One of the realizations I, I came to was that all of my stress, all of my suffering, all of this pressure I was putting upon myself was not put onto me by anybody. It was all like self-created. It was my thoughts, my own thoughts and my own emotions and my own ignorance that were causing me this stress. There was a bunch of factors. One of them was just, I wasn't aware of how to take care of my body. So I wasn't sleeping enough because I wanted to spend more time working, not realizing I was wearing down the body. And then I had no idea how to manage my own thoughts. I didn't know how to manage my own emotions. So I let those things go wild. I just thoughts of, oh, I'm not good enough. Thoughts of all these people are smarter than me. Thoughts of, hey, they made a mistake to admit me to such a school, all these kinds of thoughts, right? They were all internally generated. No one even told me this. It was just me coming up with all, all this stuff. And I basically managed to create a hell for myself, right? And then that hell began to become so unbearable that not being alive felt like a, a better option, right? Death felt like heaven. Oh boy, Coach Christian. Um, <clears throat> I just sit here and I take in what you're saying and uh, and I appreciate it because um, as I, I told you before, I have I'm on I have this mission that I will continue until the day I die, with uh, especially my, our youth being bullied, and then the, a lot of their way out is as you had experienced, that it was so such a, a hell for them that was to take their life. And, and that was the same thinking because they were taking these things on and telling themselves themselves that they weren't worth anything. You know what I mean? That, that, that's a place where you, you believe those things if it's affecting you that way and <clears throat> you wanna, and that's your, your solution. You know, and you, you hit a very uh, vivid point is our, our own thinking, you know, because if you, you, you believe you, you tend to start believing these things that you are encountering or whatever it may be, but it's, you kind of do it to, to yourself. And where I'm leading to is um, for you, because I know as for younger people, you know, they're still like trying to figure out who they are and, and but you also said too, that you didn't know how to take care of yourself mentally and all and all that too so that that kind of matches up because you know they're not really knowing how to really you know they're still they're still learning you know and so 
so basically what, what I want to ask you is how did you, did you like have to train yourself to, for the thinking to, to, to take yourself out of that? Like, what was that, that moment where you said, Hey, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Cause I, did you like reach out for any help or you just started to think differently? Like, how did you change that to come back from it? Mm. Okay, so when it comes from the instance of just in college, uh, one of the things I got kicked out of the school, which was actually a blessing, because now I got to transfer to a different school still in the States. And this school which I went to was the opposite, right? There wasn't so much external pressure. And so I was able to at least breathe and look at, uh, look at my own life. Uh, but again, the change in environment, didn't, it, it helped me a bit, but the change in environment didn't teach me how to deal with my own thoughts and emotions, right? Because wherever I went, it didn't matter whether it was at one school or another school or a different continent, I still brought my, my, my mind and body with me. So all my problems I had in Africa, I brought them to the U.S. And everywhere else I, I went, right? So mm. the first thing, one of the first things I realized was that all of my suffering, all of my stress is generated by me. It's the result mm. of me not understanding how to manage my own thoughts and emotions. So the natural question then became, well, look, how can I... How can I learn how to manage my own thoughts and emotions? And for this, and this is where observation comes in, because I, I realized that, think about it, um, this is one of the remarkable qualities of being a human being, is that whatever it is, if you observe it, you understand it better. So the example I like to use is, let's say you've never seen a car before. You've never seen a car before. So I mean, the thing is super loud, right? You know, it's super loud. It's moving in patterns that you don't understand. The tires are big. Maybe you've seen it knock down people. It's a very scary experience, right? So the car would just be a source of tremendous stress for you. However, if you observe the car and just pay attention to it, you might learn that the car really only moves, let's say, forwards and backwards. If you know just that one piece of information, the situation is not as scary because you know that, look, if I just stand, let's say, by the side of the car, there's no way it's going to hit me. Or at least if you realize that the car only moves down, you know that if you're up, it's unlikely to knock you. If you're like, let's say, on the second or third floor, it's unlikely to knock you. The only thing that changes is that you've been able to control the situation better because you spend the time observing how the car works. This is the same with thoughts and emotions. The more one observes one's thoughts and emotions, the deeper one's understanding of them, right? And hence, the better you are at managing them, right? So the solution for me was not to read a book, not to listen to an expert. None of those things worked. The solution was to spend time and observe my own thoughts and emotions. Observing my own thoughts and emotions got me to understand them better. This understanding gave my thoughts and emotions less control over me, and in turn gave me more control over them. Awesome. That's some, that's, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, <clears throat> something that needs to, and I'm very, 
grateful that we have someone as you know that experienced it too like you that can express that and and share it with others um you know i you know because i've been going at this you know this uh topic or this you know this situation that that's been going on for years and years <clears throat> but it seems to not be getting any it just seems to be getting worse but it comes down to the point of how do we take these individuals and change and i was trying to figure out how to word it the other day but then i just kept coming up with change their thinking and i don't know if that makes sense or if it matches change their thought process you mm -hmm. know what i mean and if their thinking was different when they encounter this you know because it doesn't make it right you know i mean the from this the point of you know someone being harassed and bullied and terrorized and torn down and physically you know what i mean mm. you know assaulted but when it the effects is of the individual that is being bullied you know it wouldn't <clears throat> wear on them so much and they wouldn't devalue themselves and wouldn't bring so much life into it to where now they just or as you said taking your life at that time made sense it was like a piece like that heaven for you you know because <clears throat> i couldn't even imagine being it you know i mean i have empathy but being in one's shoes to uh know what that feels like to to get that far far gone to where that was the solution but i do truly believe even more now that if we knew how to mentally like you were saying take care of yourself you know and be more aware and and you did say that like that analogy used with the car it was perfect actually it was like head on you know so i mean i'm just putting the pieces here uh, stop me if i'm rambling <laughs> it's okay. but, uh, so uh yeah so what i'm talking about here is like so it's not even about changing your thinking right so that's what we learned a lot change your thinking uh so that can help for a while like having a positive attitude okay that that, that, that stuff is helpful will make you feel good in the moment but uh, it's it's like uh it's it's not like the best solution out there right. um i mean maybe there's people who've been able to make it work by just staying all the time but yeah yeah forgive me if i i, I didn't mean like uh like staying like like positive like they that yeah. in that sort, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I just didn't want to, uh, you know, admit to, <clears throat> you know, misunderstand where, because I know sometimes I'm not too clear. So, uh, but, no, uh, I wasn't saying that you said it. I was just saying, oh, it's, oh. Oh, yeah, it's something <laughs> people commonly say, right? You just listen to any motivational speaker. Right? Probably mm -hmm. they're telling you to stay positive and have positive thoughts. Which it's okay, but it's not the it's not the I, I found that there's a much better way to approach this thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the approach is because, look, like we're saying before, right? You're stressed because you don't know how to handle your thoughts and emotions. You're a kid. You're a kid, and you're being bullied, right? So I mean, let's forget about being physically bullied. So that would be a different category. Let's say someone yeah. punches you in the nose, but there's other forms of bullying that are also very painful like someone just uh 
what they insult you they call you yeah naughty, they call you short they give you a nickname you don't like etc but those are also forms of bullying and probably the most common i'm thinking yeah it is but so if you're in such a situation right let's say i'm in such a situation someone has just insulted me in some way maybe I don't know. I'm very insecure about my weight, and they called me fatty. Let's say, okay. Uh, in such a situation, I mean, someone else, there's, there's uh, someone else you'll call them fatty, and they won't be affected. Other people, it might be me. You call me fatty, and I get really angry, or really upset, or really depressed. Clearly, it's not the word that's making me feel that way. It's something happening on the inside. Someone just uttered a sound, fatty, and I came up with my own interpretations. Maybe remembered all the other times I've been teased for my weight, and that just made me sad and depressed. For someone else under the same circumstances, you call him fatty, they just smile, or they don't even register, right? Or they say, oh, thank you very much, because there's certain cultures where being fat actually means you're like, uh, How's it called? Uh, like in the community where I live, right? So if you're fat, it means you're doing well financially. Life is going well. So a politician is expected to be fat, right? So for example, in the Congo where I live, a thin politician, in fact, you're like, uh, what's wrong with him? Right? He's not eating enough or something. Right? So it's also has a cultural component, all right? Uh, but I mean, here's here's what I'm saying though. If someone calls me fatty, they bully me by calling me, let's say, fatty, it's all, it's my reaction, my stress is caused by me in that situation. They said it, but I'm reacting. Okay, I'm reacting and making my own interpretations. Now, a motivational speaker may tell you to think positive. Maybe go to the mirror and say to yourself, I'm thin, I'm thin, I'm thin. All right? So there is some value in such methods. But that's, this, this is not the approach I use. My approach would be to, let's say, let's say you call me fatty. What I'm going to do is I'll leave that situation. I'll sit down and I'll close my eyes to avoid distractions and just pay attention to the thoughts running out around in my mind and how that makes me feel in my body. I'll just watch the thoughts. And the more I do this, the better understanding I have of how my thoughts generate my emotions. And what I've realized is that when I observe in this way, observe my own thoughts and emotions, let's say after being bullied by somebody, after a while, they, those people lose power over me. I become much better at handling those situations. So uh, would you still, um, okay, so, now say, say for instance, if it's more, you know, the, like the name calling, because I love how you, how you stated that, because that's, that's very, very true. And I, I you know, I stand behind that. But what if it's, uh, it's now it's become a humiliation thing to mm. where can one still, you know what I mean? Like, or I don't know if one would say, well, just get out of that situation or, or walk away. I don't know. But if it's, the person or the people are now bringing attention to it. You know how you were saying, like, you know, you internalize, you sit down, you take yourself away from the distraction and, and figure out where that's coming from. 
But now what if it's just down to the pure embarrassment of now, you know, because they like, always like attention. You know what I mean? Now everybody's zoomed in. Mm. You know what I mean? It's bringing light to it. And everybody's just staring at you being the brunt of the, the joke and mm. calling you. You know what I mean? Can, they, can there, is there a balance? Can you still withstand that? You know, to develop that type of thinking with, with the, would it still, you know what I mean? Like, how does that work? You know? Okay. So, I mean, an embarrassing situation. I mean, let's say the schoolyard, one bully has picked on me. They've called me a name. Uh, maybe they've commented on my trousers that are out of date. They're out of fashion. And then all the other kids are looking at my trousers and laughing at me. Right. So, I mean, there is, there is a way to respond in such a situation. But if I'm like most people, such a situation is so humiliating that my brain might even freeze. I'll be unable to think or come up with any solution. Right? So that might be impossible for me to do anything. Okay? So I might be able to act correctly in that moment. But let's say that I'm not able to, which is going to be the case with most children. When they're, when they're, when they're in such a situation, they're just going to feel humiliated. Right? So now I'm feeling humiliated. What do I do? Right. So what I do when I'm feeling humiliated is to realize that the humiliation is caused by me. So the first thing I have to do is to, I, I can't fight the humiliation. Here's why. If I fight the humiliation, the humiliation will only grow stronger. Have you ever tried to suppress an emotion? What happened? Oh, it gets, uh, gets built up. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Like, try to repress anger and then see what happens. It will show up later in an explosion. Mm -hmm. Yep. The solution to, let's say I'm feeling embarrassed. The solution to the embarrassment and humiliation is not to, like, suppress the humiliation. And I can suppress it with positive thinking. The positive thinking is not going to take away the humiliation. Right. So, surprisingly, the way to deal with that is to let the humiliation happen. The more you fight it, the bigger it grows. The less you fight it, the less important it becomes and the less power it has over you. It's counterintuitive, but in that case, I'm a kid, I'm feeling humiliated. Maybe in that moment, I can't do anything. Maybe I'm feeling really bad, but eventually that event is gonna end. The kids will go back to the classroom or whatever. I could take that time to go to the toilet, and just sit there, close my eyes, and just let myself feel the embarrassment, and let myself see the thoughts that are running through my mind. Understand, the more I do this, the more, the more I'll understand how I am generating embarrassment within myself. And if I do that often, after a while, the effects of the bullying, like verbal bullying, will be less and less, it will have less and less of an effect on me because I'll understand more and more how I end up, how like the process of humiliation happens within me or how the anger yeah. or how the sadness happens within me. I don't know if I'm making yeah. sense or not. Oh yeah, very, very, yeah, very much sense. I follow. Yeah, very, very insightful, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning too. So <laughs> yeah. And I thought also too, that as you say that, it also takes the energy and the power away from the ones that are, you know what I mean? Because that's what they want is to get that energy and get that, you know what I mean, out of you. And and once you kind of just like, you know what I mean? It's like 
you know? Mm. There's nothing really left for, you know what I mean? For them, you know, because they, they want to see that. You need you to fall to pieces and that's their whole goal, you know? Yep. And once they see they're dealing with someone that's not even moved or bothered by by them being an idiot, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, he's boring. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the idea is, look, I mean, a fight, like a fight can only go on if there's two participants. Yeah. Otherwise, there is no fight. Like, let's say you start punching me, but I don't fight back. There is no fight. The moment I throw a punch, now we have a fight going on. So whatever aggression you have, it's just been tripled. And because your aggression has been tripled, my aggression has been tripled. It's a team right. effort, right? Mm-hmm. It's also a team effort. There's the bully and there's the bullied. Both of them participate, right? The, bu- the, the bullied person participates by being offended and being crushed and mm-hmm. not being able to lift his head up, right? And the more he does this, of course, the more the bully is energized because yeah. now the bully has, has got what he wanted. Now he was going to bully even more, okay? So then the key becomes not to act like it is not affecting you because if you act like you're not being affected, well, actually, you, again, you're suppressing the emotion, which is only going to make things worse. So we, we don't fight it. If it affects you in the moment, let it affect you. Just sit with it and see what it does. How do the thoughts run through your mind? How does it feel within your body? How is your heart pumping in that moment? Just feel them, these things totally. The more you do this, the less power they have over you. It's, it's, and, and eventually, I mean, these things will have less and less and less effect over you. And that will just be taking away the power from the bully and without having apparently done anything. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Now we both know, you know, with, with young people, you know, they're not well, well as well put together as we are, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you know, and it, I guess, you know, with this, it, it's not something that you like are born with or or even in our, in our homes growing up, not really even taught this. So basically, um, oh, with, so do you, um, and I'm pretty sure you do. Do you uh, strongly? Um, so, what would you say? Like, okay, so how? Because you know they're not just gonna develop these these ways on their own. So it would take like the educators, the leaders, officers. You know, people. We would have to educate ourselves as the leaders first of all. You know, to to even know the to how to even help. You know, because from what I see, I don't really see a good job of it. Like, you know what I mean? And when you don't know something, you just don't know something. You know what I mean? And that's how we, we, it's okay, you know, if we're willing to learn and to make a situation better, then that's what matters. So I guess it would take us as leaders and educators and teachers and officers or whoever to educate ourselves on, on how to not just deal with things, but to actually help, you know what I mean, the, the you know, the, the child or the student through this, you know, to, you know, to, as you have just explained to us, you know, how to cope and deal with these things. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to just pick up on this on their own. I think it still comes down to us as leaders and, motive, you know, you know, the leaders and the ones that they are supposed to be looking over them and teaching them for us to take a, a more of a, more of a wanting to know how can we 
make it better. Maybe we should teach ourselves. You know what I mean? Yes. So we can help them instead right. of slapping a little bandaid on it or just temporarily fixing it so it'll go away for that time being. Hmm. So um, I guess what I'm asking is, uh, what what would you say, how uh, to uh, like the adults, you know what I mean, the ones that you know that are we're responsible for these kids, or even parents in the home, because kids aren't really like taught that, you know what I mean, how how you just broke it down, the psychological and the, the actually it makes sense, the reasoning, you know what I mean, of not even having to put yourself through the you know, when you're through the, the, the hell, you know what I mean? That basically you're putting yourself through because you don't know any better. So it's like, what do we do to, to get to that place where these kids have that type of a resource? Hmm. Okay. Or, you know? I'm, I'm, I understand the question. What was that, sir? No, sir, I'm saying I understand the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... In my experience, the adults are no better at dealing with their thoughts and emotions than the kids. Very true. It's just the adults are maybe suppressed more, but look, it's, it's, it's basically no difference because <laughs> the adult also was never taught how to handle thoughts and emotions. Uh, I know. We're just taught to bottle them up, hide them, and none of them was ever taught how to deal with thoughts and emotions. So from the point of view of handling and th thoughts and emotions, the adult and the child are equal, equally helpless. Don't even know, don't know any better, huh? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the parent is no better at this. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, one approach, one possibility is the parent and the child realizing that they are both at the same level, they are both equally ignorant, about how to handle their own thoughts and emotions, mm -hmm. right? Given that they know this, um, they can just work together, right? Me and my right. son, we say, look, we are all struggling with our thoughts and emotions. Let's work together, right? Let's both learn how to handle thoughts and emotions. But this tool I'm talking about doesn't need any particular sophistication in thinking. It is the sort of thing that even a child can do, right? So let's say, let's say, let's say your son just came back from school. He's been bullied, right? He's feeling uh, very sad or humiliated. He's in that emotional state, right? So simple thing to teach him is, look, I'm going to sit down with you. Because obviously, if your son is not feeling well, you're also not feeling well, right? So... Right. But if your son is embarrassed and feeling humiliated, you're also feeling bad about it. So both of you are in a not a good emotional state. You're Correct. both suffering at that moment. So mother and son, you just sit together. You each sit down, back straight to be as alert as possible. Close eyes to shut out distractions. Both of you sit and you just allow yourselves to feel what is happening. And you might be surprised that the kid would be a better student than you because the kid has less inhibitions. He doesn't have like so many belief systems like you do or like I do, right? And so this is like a simple tool that you could practice, let's say with your kid, and you'll notice a tremendous difference in their ability to handle their own thoughts and emotions.
which will make them less likely to be picked on by a bully. Okay, and that seems more effective. That's a, um, I like how you put that. I guess so that's a better way actually than the adult or the parent to uh, try to always take control of the situation and uh, basically tell the child how they should be feeling or what they, they don't, you know, don't, you don't have to take that, you should be this or, you know, maybe, you know, it's more of both together just being, you know, vulnerable and knowing, you know, what you, what, how you just said it. But I, I can say from a mother, from a point, come from a mother that I've been there and, and that uh, I, you know, have, you know, just been, I've told my son, like, you know, you, you, you know, but it's coming from a good place, uh, you know, saying that, you know what I mean, you're awesome, you know what I mean, you're, and if that's how people want to be, then that's them, don't let that affect you, you know who you are, you know what I mean, and, you know, you shouldn't let them, you know, get to them, they probably have, you know what I mean, just versus just how you just said it, you know what I mean, taking a whole lighter and different approach and realizing at that time, like you said, I'm pretty much equal at that point because I'm, I'm hurt. I'm upset. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I want to go up there and give some spankings and stuff. You know, right. <laughs> your mama at? Just, you yeah. Know? <laughs> With the, you know? hmm. So what I was thinking is, right, just telling the kid to be positive, you what, like, you're a superstar, you're great, those people are losers. I mean, it comes from a good place, great intention, but it's completely ineffective, right? Because the same stuff never helped me, the adult, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that stuff never helped me <laughs> to stop suffering. But now I'm trying to teach it to the kid, right? The reason it's yeah. problematic is because it does not increase the kid's competence. The kid is suffering because he's incompetent when it comes to handling his thoughts and emotions. So whatever solution that's gonna, that the kid needs is a solution that results in him becoming more competent mm -hmm. when it comes to using his thoughts and emotions. Right. So it certainly can't be just some other thought, which is, you're a great kid. I know deep down you're a champion. Like That will feel good in the moment, but it's not gonna help the kid, right? So, but kids are very capable of observing their own thoughts and emotions, right? And that, that might be, that, that's actually better for them to be taught to just sit and let what's happening within them happen. And that, that at least gets them to develop the competence. Like I told you before, right? Observing a car, mm -hmm. right? If they, the more the kid observes his thoughts and emotions, the better control he has over them. Right. And then now you've increased his competence. So it becomes, you're making, you're, now you're creating a kid who's very difficult to bully. Not by changing his external environment, but you're kind of creating a kid who will be okay no matter what environment you put him in. Yeah. Whether it's with kids that are teasing him or with kids that are praising him, the kid is stable. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I sound like no matter where you go, you're going to find somebody, you know, you can't, you know, so just got to. Yeah, it totally makes sense. No matter, you have to be able not to be moved at all. You just have to like, you know, change in, you know, running from it or trying to, you know, that's like doesn't, and, and it does nothing for your, uh, your confidence either. So it's like pointless, <laughs> you know, so 
and can I guess kind of teach you on how to yeah. just run from situations or whatever it may be. Sorry, what were you saying? I, I think we got uh, we're speaking at the same time. It <laughs> <laughs> was like a moment of silence. <laughs> oh no, I was just saying, uh, agreeing. I was just saying uh, how you know you. Uh, it did, you know that I guess that would do nothing. You know, obviously nothing for your confidence either if you're just focusing on trying to change your environment because no matter where you go, you're going to possibly encounter, which I say sometimes, an asshole <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Or somebody, you know what I mean? And it's like that. This is basically changes doesn't do anything for confidence, and probably you develop you start developing just to to run from everything or to, to not deal with anything. Hmm. Yep. So, well, that sense. doesn't help at all. It doesn't. Uh, it it doesn't help at all because again, um, I think this is one of the things that, let's say, very developed countries like the United States. Uh, and uh, I hear Europe, this is one of the lessons they've taught us, that changing one's external environment, it doesn't lead to joy, right? So if you think about, let's say, the, the lifestyle of a middle-class American compared to, I don't know, someone living in a very poor area, let's say, in, I know, Latin America or somewhere in Africa, you'd think that, look, the American has such a, a much better external environment, yes, maybe he's still having financial difficulties, but look, maybe he has a house to stay in, he has a washing machine, he has power that rarely goes out, uh, has a job, can, can get food. So you'd think, look, such a person should be doing much better because the external environment is great, such a person must be happy. But of course, if you've lived in America, you know that's not true, right? Many people are miserable, right? That's yeah. why we have so much uh, yeah. medication. Uh, medication to deal with depression and things like that. Uh, the point of this is to say that the external environment is not what's creating your emotional state. It's not what's creating your well-being. Right? It's something coming from inside. So if we train the bully not to be a bully, that's still not going to help my kid because when I put him in another environment where maybe in the future he maybe will have a boss who's a bully, and I won't be able to intervene then and stop this boss from being a bully, right? So I haven't done, done the kid any service, right? By trying to make, it, make his environments, environment nice and kind and friendly without increasing the kid's capacity to deal with adversity. Right, right. You still there? So have you? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm just listening to oh, you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, I don't want to. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely, I feel that. So as you were saying that, I also too was thinking like, well, I guess that at some point, I guess there's always like a, a fine line to something. So I was thinking like, well, if it was something to a degree where you had something, you had to remove them for that time being because of the greater the situation at hand with you know what I mean where it wasn't going to get no better or something else was going to happen so you had to step in and make a, a very hard but move 
to to uh to assure that other things wouldn't take place you know hmm. and it became more of a, a extreme safety matter and safety matter and a professional uh mat you know what i mean hmm. so you can keep all all across the board you know what i mean you can just you know you have to just make one of those executive executive situation uh, you know decisions that would worked out better for everyone you know what hmm. i mean yeah. like because i think that in some cases there are cases where where you know what i mean you, you don't want to make it a lifestyle like a habit you know what i mean but when you feel like, okay, let's, this is, this has to happen. I have to take, remove, you know, this him from this situation and, you know, put him in a different situation for all, you know, cause the, the backlash would have affected so, so many, I think, or, you know what I mean? So as you see, I'm talking with, I'm like kind of going around in circles a little bit without saying, you know, referring to something, huh? Right. You're making sense. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking as you were you were saying that. Cause yeah, from mm. from a little bit of experience, I was just like, ha, I had a situation like that, and it was like, to me, I don't know, to many it seemed little, but it seemed like the most hardest decision, one of the most hardest decisions I had to ever make in my whole, the whole entire life. You know, it came with so much. Uh, just emotion, emotion, and, and, and anger, and humiliation, and disrespect. It was just so much, and then I didn't have any support of anybody who really cared. You know what I mean? To I'm still, and I still on, you know, on podcasting it out to the world, and I still believe that wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that the support that I needed when I was going through that situation was not there. And I, and, but I also know too, from learning and listening to you, because I'm applying to myself too, you know, that I can't, I'm, but I never at, at any point blamed on anyone how I was feeling because like you say, adults aren't too well emotionally put together <laughs> themselves either. Some people just don't know any better or how to, you know what I mean? I know that's not giving, you know, anyone an excuse, but I, I, it actually helps me though to not you know, to put my stuff and let other people's stuff affect me so much. You know, I step back and do it with myself and how I felt, you know, feel about, felt about it. But I did feel like no one had my back. And so that's why I did take, remove him from that situation, hmm. you know, because it was, I felt like that was the only thing I could do, you know, so, and I had to, and I went through a bunch of stress. It made me sick. You know, and um, I was like, that's my, at my end, it just, I was just at, at my, one of my lowest, you know, because I felt like, how come no one's helping me? Why is everybody, you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, that's um, why I even brought that up. <laughs> no, 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 it, 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 it connects. It's all right. So, look, uh, it's impossible for me, for instance, to tell you what to do or judge let's say uh something that you did right and the reason is because you understand and every parent understands their they know their situation better than i do because i'm not living with them i'm not in the, the, their reality right so for instance in this case you looked at the situation 
and you saw that it was in your best interest and your son's best interest for you to move him away from that school. Right? So you looked at that and you saw it was a good decision. Right? So that's good. Um, now what I'm saying is, it's also important if it becomes necessary to do such a thing, uh, perhaps also consider, in addition to moving the kid, consider upgrading your own capacity to handle your own thoughts and emotions, as well as the kid's capacity. Right? So you could change the kid's environment, but you also change the kid's competence, his ability to handle frustration and difficulty. Yeah. Because right. otherwise, again, changing environments, it, it helps temporarily, right? So if let's say I'm, I'm in a relationship with an abusive person, someone's bullying me all the time. Now, of course, the person might become like a very terrible bully where maybe they're even threatening my life with a knife or something. So it would be intelligent for me to leave that situation and not stay with someone who might kill me. So I leave. In addition, though, I also develop, I, I also need to develop the capacity to handle such situations better, or at least be able to predict such situations better. Yeah. Of potentially abusive people, because if I don't learn from that experience, if I don't really understand how my thoughts and emotions work, it's only a matter of time before I get into another abusive relationship. I find a different bully just with a different body and different name. Yeah. Oh, that's some good stuff, huh? Dr. Kristen? <laughs> this mm. is my show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, I'm, you know, that's some good stuff. I'm so happy that um, you are blessed us and came and joined us today. You know? Yeah, I'm excited to, to talk to, to you. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I don't went to therapy. I know I really have. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I need to. I, I need to. So I know the callers need to. You know, somebody out there needs to hear this because I know I didn't expect to like be so affected. You know, and be able to apply so much of it to what I'm dealing with right now with raising a teenage boy, basically. And so it's very has given me a whole different way of looking at how you know I mean to help him and also how to help myself mm. you know what i mean so i i would gladly want you to keep coming back with more and more you know what i mean of what you which you you can you know can give to some of us out here you know mm. that because i know i am a stressor you know what i mean I, to our, I was sick i put myself in the hospital before not that mm. long ago you, know, you got yourself so, um, in hospital for being stressed out, huh? Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm. And I'm saying that there wasn't good reasoning why I would be, because it, it had prolonged, went on so long, I was taking it like so, you know what I mean? I think to the point where, like you said, suppressing and not, not really finding a way, somewhere outlet or to deal with it, I just was like, you know, thought I was like doing the right thing, I'm sucking it up, taking it, I'm do what I gotta do. <laughs> you know, to the point where it just was like crashing bad. You know what I mean? Where I just was broken. I was just, you know, but it was a blessing too, for the simple fact I had to take a step back. I had to take care of myself, mm. you know, and then I learned from it. But uh, I know how that stress can get you. So, 
so that you gave me some stuff to actually be able to, you know, mentally deal with it. Yeah, you you've highlighted a very you've highlighted a very important thing, which is that uh, like it's important to be able to, before helping the child, right? It's important for you to deal with your own stress, to become better at handling better at handling your own thoughts and emotions. Right? This is key because as a parent, as a parent, it's much easier for me to change myself than it is for me to change my child. In particular, I'm going to have great difficulty helping my child to handle the thoughts and emotions and the frustration that comes from being bullied when I myself am struggling with my own thoughts and emotions. So my son came to me saying he's been bullied and I got really sad. I also got angry. I started blaming the people that bullied him. When I'm in such a state, I'm incapable of helping my kid. In fact, I'm just multiplying the kid's problems because the kid is like learning from me that it's okay to react in this way to a painful situation. Right, so this is why it's key. First, first I change myself. I become better at handling my own thoughts and emotions. And from there, I'm better able to help my own child. And, my, and many things my child will learn without me saying anything. Just by looking at the way I am, the kid will yeah. learn. Yeah. yeah. That's how they do. They suck it all in and watch us. Yes. It's less what you say, isn't it? It's more how you are. Yeah. Very much so. Very much. Wow. Powerful, powerful show. I thank you so much. And um, man, Coach Christian, do you have uh, anything for us or that you could, uh, that if anyone needed to, you know what I mean, to have some like tools on, on the side of them to, you know, to refer to, hmm. to when they need this and whatever they're going through? Sure, I, I do have resources and it all depends on what you want. So for instance, if you just wanna uh, ask me questions or you know a podcast you think I should speak on, something like that, more people I can help, just uh, go to, you'll be able to add the, are you able to add links to the show notes for the episode? Uh, I think so, I'm pretty sure I could find a way. Okay. Uh, I think you can. All right. Uh, so Brandy will add the links and uh, if you just want to do a, ask me a question maybe if with something you're dealing with dealing with just go to observe.host uh, and click on contact and you'll be able to contact me that way to ask your question uh, if the ideas I've been sharing you found them to be interesting you found them to be useful to you and you'd like to learn more about how to deal with your stress by observing it then go to observe.host and click on the observe approach. This will give you free and instant access to a simple but very powerful method that you can apply immediately to deal with any problem that is stressing you out right now. And then if you're feeling right now, you're feeling extremely stressed and you just feel like your life sucks, then for a limited time only, I'm offering a free My Life Sucks coaching session. In this coaching session, you will get 
a crystal clear vision of the life you want. You will figure out precisely what is making your life suck. And you leave the session renewed, re-energized, and confident in your ability to transform your life. So to access this free coaching session, I just go to observe.host and click on free coaching. But the links will also be added by, uh, by Brandy in the show notes. Yes, yes, I definitely will do that. I might be clicking on it myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Brandy, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was yes, fun it was. It really was. <laughs> I've never had to talk about stress from the point of view of uh, bullying and from the point of view of, a, of, of parenting. So thanks a lot. Hey, this is new every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for uh, uh, coming and, and, and coming into our rooms and our, our kitchens and our houses and our cars and stuff and, and sharing your knowledge and having an empathy for others and taking what you went through and wanting to help you know, and someone, someone else. And that's what it's about. And need more like you. And thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Well, we will definitely be inviting you back. So, oh, you know, great. don't go too far. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you for coming by. And um, yes, everyone, we're going to go on a little break here. We'll be back soon. All right. Hey, we just want to stop and think coach christian for coming by again and sharing his knowledge and his resources with us so definitely 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 told what he said if it's useful for you or to someone but once again just remember that you're not alone and that these things happen to the most so thanks for listening in guys you guys are the best peace